Hello everyone and welcome to the new episode of World Designer. Today with us is Marie Lamas, Senior Designer, Art Director and Freelancer. I'm very pleased um, to welcome you to our podcast. Hey Marek, it's very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Hey, hey Marila, how are you? It's a pleasure well. to, to, um, to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I have gathered some info about you for our guests. Uh, Marila comes from Greece, um, but has been working in London for several years. Marila has over 10 years of experience in design. She specializes in brand strategy design. In 2017, she founded her own company, The Big Maze, which is the design strategy lab, building impactful brands and digital experience. And in today's episode, we will also learn among other things what brand strategy design is, what the design stage looks like in Greece comparing to the London, what research in the work of the brand strategy designer is necessary, whatever it is easier to design a brand new, a new brand for an existing company or for a completely new one. Lots of interesting questions ahead of us, so stay with us. Marila, can you tell us what inspires you the most at the moment? I'm thinking of, of book, um, social media, a movie or anything else. What inspires me most at this moment? There is no specific thing that can inspire me the most. I can find inspiration everywhere, uh, even in daily life. You know, uh, for example, you walk down the street and when you are a brand designer, nothing is just a normal daily task. Everything comes as an experience. You go to a destination, as I told you before, and something it's a color palette. Something is a visual message, and you translate that, and you input that into your work. So there is not something specific that inspires me. Everything can work as an inspiration or as a message. But generally, I'm trying to keep up with trends digitally and to follow... Uh, what other people are doing. Great. So anything which um, which you can meet during the day, right? Can can be anything you can meet during the day. Everything can be everything. Even the buildings are UX. Even the colors are palettes. Everything can inspire you. Okay, that's that's great to hear. Um, Maria, I know you are from Greece, but you live in London. Um, how did it happen? Um, please tell me more. And why London? Okay, uh, so uh, I, I, I used to live in Greece and stra straight out of the uni I moved to the UK because my sister was studying here. So I decided to work here just because the market is much bigger than in Greece. I mean, uh, we have amazing people in Greece, excellent professionals, amazing agencies, but the market is not that big. So I started working here and gradually I moved to London in 2017. Uh, because of the pool and because I believe that London is one of the leading creative markets right now. It attracts all the startups, big agencies, the big budgets are here. So there is budget and time for innovation, for experimentation. The trends are going to start here. So this is why I decided to be in London. It's amazing so far. Uh -huh. So start saying that there's lots of opportunities in London. Mm -hmm. um, so... Can you tell us more, what's the difference between the design stage um, in Greece comparing to the UK? Because um, I hear that you can okay. um, list, um, yeah, you can, you can say more. Okay, sure. 
so I haven't worked in Greece. Uh, so I wouldn't be the most appropriate person to talk about how things are right now in Greece. But I have a big network and a community of people that they do amazing things in there. So I would say that right now, because the Greek market is not that big, they are a lot of generalists. They are not so many people of specialization, if that makes sense. So, for example, a graphic designer in Greece would be a person that does brand design and web design and tabs. Uh, while in London, ev- all the industry is extremely sliced. If everybody has their own specialization because the projects are bigger, the pipelines are bigger, their workflow is bigger. Mm-hmm. So they are more generic, right, for in, in Greece compared to the, to the... As far as I know, yes. As far as I know. But again, I've never been there. I've never worked in a company in Greece. So I'm not really sure if this is accurate. So what, that was a major um, reason why you moved um, to the UK? To be I moved to London because I, because I believe that the trends are starting here, that all the new technologies are starting from here and they are being tested. There is time and budget for innovation. And London, again, it's a, such a big inspiration only by walking out there the, from observing the ads on the tube or the billboards or the way the people are getting dressed and there is always something interesting happening in the cultural world either it's going to be an exhibition um, or uh, uh, you know the classic museums that you can visit there is always a lot of inspiration that you can get out of from london mm-hmm. thank you that's, that's amazing to hear and i also believe that london matches well my personality because it's fast and it changes constantly. And I am an unsettled person, which I'm always curious. I always want to change. I always want to adapt. I'm fast too. Uh, so for someone that wants a more relaxing way of life, maybe London is not the best place or city to live. But for somebody who is very curious and unsettled like myself, it's the best place to live. So who is looking for, for new challenges um, and new tastes, right? It might say like that. Yes. Of the design of, of every um, aspect of the life. And there is a tricky part on that one because, because everything changes so fast. Sometimes you have to adapt very fast. And if you don't change too, you can be relevant in a couple of years from now. Uh, the trends are changing too fast here. So, Yes. And may I ask how long um, people like you can be on top of the of, of this um, race, if I say like that? Uh, I don't know. This is, I guess, depends on um, the personal stamina and uh, desires. Uh, personally, I found that I need some balance. That's why I used to take big breaks in order to, you know, sign off. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing some visual meditation in order to be always a blank canvas. Yes. Uh, it totally depends on the personality and on what you want to achieve. And there is nothing wrong of not being ahead or on top. There is nothing wrong of following what you want to do for the moment and then recharge and be back on the ride. So you are very similar to me, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> because um, all the time I want to learn more things, new things. Um, and if I do a break for a couple of days, even for a couple of days, um, I just realize that this is not, not for, for me. So just I just always keep going and keep going. 
Um, so I'm very, yeah, that, that's, that's also great to hear. <laughs> um, Marila, what inspired you to become a designer? How did your career start and where did that idea come from? Uh, okay. I think it was kind of natural to me to become a designer uh, because like most of the designers, I used to draw as a kid. It was like a game and I grew up in a highly creative environment. My mom is a designer, she's a costume designer. So okay. she taught me how to draw and it was our little game. And uh, naturally I found that I enjoyed that, that I was being good at it. And uh, so there wasn't doubt that I wanted to study something design related. I wasn't quite sure what, and then I thought, okay, I will study graphic design because it's when you study it as a field, it's such a broad uh, discipline that you can do a lot of things later on. And of course, when I joined the university, I, I like most of the designers again, uh, I didn't have the big picture. I I didn't have the, the big idea of what we are studying, but. Uh, through the uni and at the same time I joined a market research company and I start figuring out how design affects the consumer behavior. And I found out that design, it's another way of communication. It's visual communication. Mm -hmm. And myself, I love to communicate, uh, but uh, I love to communicate mostly visually because it addresses the subconscious level in a human interaction, you know, while... When we speak, we learn to speak. Uh, it's not something that um, we are born with. It's uh, it's not inherited. It's a, it's a acquired actually. Uh, while visual communication, we're born with that. It's subconscious. It's the most powerful communication, and we also think visually than verbally. I was reading a study recently that seventy percent of people they think first visually, so the first form a shape instead of a word. Uh -huh. So can I ask a very personal question? Yes. How does the design influence the way you perceive your life? How the design can perceive how we perceive our lives? Okay. Um, so to me, design is not just my, board, uh, my job. It's part of who I am. It's, I am a designer. That's it. Uh, it's, I wake up and I sleep as a designer. I see the world through the eyes of a designer. That's my philosophy. And... Because I, I've been always so much into this over the projects and over everything, I found out that design has taught me more about life than life actually taught me about design. Uh -huh. So, for example, if you struggle to find a solution to a problem, just zoom out. And this applies to life too. If you want to make sense fit in the concept, this applies to life too. You cannot avoid ne negative feedback. That <laughs> totally applies in life. Yeah. And uh, for sure, if you try to please everyone, you are going to lose your target. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So, so design is your the way you live, live, right? Yes, that's what I believe. This is how I translate it later on, uh, my philosophy based on design. And did you notice how your work as a designer affects um, life of your friends, of your family? 
They are bored of me because I talk about design all the time. <laughs> <laughs> to be I... honest, <laughs> that's how I think I affect them. Uh, but yes, yeah, some you know, it's I, I believe every prof, every everyone that loves his job, everyone is gonna find something in there, uh, a lesson that it's gonna carry on on his daily life, and then in everyday conversations is gonna be something that you want to pass to other people around you too. Uh-huh. So yes. Thank you, um, Maria. Can you can you tell me what does going back to the London? What does a freelance job in London look like? Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, uh, it depends on the person that experiences that. From my experience, it has been amazing so far. But like most of experiences, it has pros and cons. Uh-huh. Uh, in the pros, as I said before, is that London is a hub. It's a creative hub. For sure, it's the home of big agencies, big startups. Um, big budgets are here. So you can do great job here as a freelancer. And also because of the size of the market, there are a lot of uh, recruitment agencies that they are specializing on the creative market which means that they have their own client base and if you build some good relationships with them and if you have a good network you're not going to struggle to find uh, work also because the scenery in london changes so fast there is always a lot of demand they they always need somebody even to do fillers to go and cover a position because somebody is on a leave Uh, on the on the other hand though uh, the, the the supply is too big. The competition is too big. Uh, you have to uh, you have to compete with uh, a big big pool of talents, which is not bad uh, because you also elevate your skills in in order to be competitive and relevant. Indeed, yes, that's true. So it's like a, on one hand you have to compete with with someone, but um, by competing you learn a lot, right? Correct. Like uh, you you need. Like everywhere you need to compete uh, when you're trying to establish yourself into a market. I'm just saying that I believe here the competition is bigger because London attracts a lot of talent, a lot of bright minds. So you may think that you are a great designer until you come up to this city. And then (laughs) this is what happened to me anyway. And then you understand that you have to elevate yourself and your skills in order to be relevant. So um yeah but but I'm um, saying by that competition is huge is one part but competition with the great designers this is this is the advantage right it I mean, is it is an advantage yes yes so so if you want to learn a lot in the short amount of time definitely go to london right definitely go to london because you're gonna expose and definitely choose freelancing because you're gonna expose yourself to so many projects that you wouldn't have the chance to do to do that otherwise i don't know nowadays with remote work it's different but uh even expose yourself to different teams and to different people uh it's gonna bring you a lot of experience because not every company works with the same uh, way so uh, you're gonna develop some very very strong communication and problem solving skills by being a freelancer uh, you're also gonna develop strong organization skills because you need to manage your own workflow you need to manage your own clients and definitely you need some basic 
money management skills mm -hmm. or hire a proper accountant. Mm -hmm. And you are already after you 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 are you live in London many many years, and after yes. that many years, um, what's your feeling? Is there still a lot of things which you can learn from others, or the others now? Um, Inspire, um, I inspired by you. You are the creator. Okay, that's not a matter of how many years of experience you have. That's how you perceive things. Mm -hmm. I believe that I've been an inspiration to other people since I was a junior designer. And junior designers are always an inspiration to me because they are so passionate. They have this enthusiasm and you can always learn. And they are, they, they are also the next generation. They are ahead of trends. Uh, as far as you can learn from experienced designers is how open you are in learning things. Uh, but also I believe that I formed a very strong experience and there are a couple of things that I it took me time in order to learn myself. And if I can give this experience and save time to somebody else, I will definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Marila, you are specialized in brand strategy design. Um, can you tell us what is brand strategy design? Um, is that something you want to focus on right now? Uh, is this the direction you want to go? So uh, I'm focusing on brand design and brand strategy, which are two different things. Um, and let me explain how it works. Brand design is the visual implementation of the branding. A brand designer is going to design everything that a brand finds visual expression. It can be the identity, it can be the logo, it can be the website, it can be the social media. It's the visual personality of the brand. The brand strategy puts the question marks before the development. The brand strategy defines our mission, a brand's mission, value, uh, positioning, the target audience, the tone, the voice, the personality. And uh, it comes before everything. So pretty much brand strategy defines the promise and the feeling that we want to communicate. And then brand design comes and it says, it's the action. It says, okay, uh, this is what we want to do and this is how we are going to achieve that visually. They are two different things, but definitely they overlap. Uh, the smaller is the project or the team, the more you're going to be involved uh, in the strategy. For example, when you work with individual clients and you need to develop a brand uh, identity, for sure you're going to start with a strategy and, and first you're going to define that one. Uh, in corporate organizations, because I've worked a lot in in-house in teams, uh, these things, they are usually predefined. So when a designer, a brand designer comes on board, there is already a strategy, a mission, and a plan, and you implement it. You follow guidelines. But again, you have to open to keep an open mind because a lot of guidelines or a lot of missions, they've been developed um, many, many years ago, and they are not relevant anymore. So you should you should follow it, but with an open eye. You should doubt it too. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, can you tell us who should the brand strategy designer work with on a daily basis? Uh, okay. It's, uh, as personally, I will work with the clients. 
Uh, it depends right. on the project. Sometimes we need to bring in specialists. Either it's going to be a researcher, is it, is, either it's going to be um, someone from the marketing. Uh, if you're working on a corporate organization, you're going to work alongside other designers, other specialists, because sometimes we need to do extra work like video or we need UXers if we work on products and apps. Uh-huh. Uh, these people, they are going to uh, take over the technical aspects of more specific jobs. So these are the main people we are working with. Mm-hmm. And you are already in in design stage many many years. And can you tell us about the projects you um, you have been working doing you have um, been doing so far, um, and how how they did influence your career? Okay. <laughs> I don't know how they influenced my career. That's the thing. But I can talk about the projects that I've worked and Maybe how they shaped um, your um, talent and, and your um, expertise. Okay. Uh, they are two projects back-to-back that I did. I was contracted back then. Mm-hmm. I was hired by corporate organizations. Uh, so the most recent one is, uh, I've been approached from an old client of mine. It's called Times Higher Education. They were developing a product targeting Gen Z. And it was the first time I worked with this generation, which I love. It's such a vibrant generation, so energetic, but it's so far away from what it was a standard until, until today. I mean, I... I'm a millennial, and until now, millennials were uh, the, the, the centric user. And, uh, you know, millennials are, we are a generation defined by Apple aesthetic. Everything should be minimal, everything should be clean, everything should be very direct and uh, specific. While Gen Z is uh, a generation defined by TikTok, when everything yes. is fast, everything uh, is vibrant, everything is too energetic. So I study a lot about this generation in order to be able to work on this brand development. And together with the head of design and the head of marketing, we literally bring this uh, brand uh, alive. Uh, We develop a lot of styles, uh, a lot of uh, social media content. Uh, We developed also uh, a sub-product, the website. We did everything to bring in uh in life how this um end up is it is it possible is it possible by the way to because i'm just wondering um it's two two opposite words um right um like you said the the millennials and the and the z Mm -hmm. generation and how to design something which can be addressed to these two generations Can, can you tell us more about it because it's like a um, it's like a two different sides of the wall um, from my perspective. Okay, so that, um, that product. Your perspective. Yes. I will tell you. That product was designed specifically uh, for Gen Z, it, no millennials at all. Okay. So there wasn't a challenge in there. But I'm, I'm doing something similar now. I'm, I'm working on something that addresses a much bigger audience. And. To me, uh, what you will do is, um, how to say that? Um, you will go more generic. Uh-huh. You will go with uh, archetypes and symbols that can be addressed to anyone. Uh, 
uh, don't forget that uh, even the new kids, uh, I mean, a generation that we are not very related to, they are yes. not aliens, they are human, and yes. there is always a backstory, there is always an influence of a previous generation. This is what is always happening, generally in design and in trends. The previous generation influences the, the next generation. Uh-huh. Uh, and when I'm trying, yes, and so I will do something that can be applied to every generation. And there is a way to do that. It's just more challenging. Can I ask how? How I would do that? <laughs> yeah, how to how to how to create something like that, uh, which can be addressed to everyone? Uh, because usually, if you do something which is addressed to everyone, it means that um, it won't be received by anyone. Um, so, how to do that? It's like a silver bullet in the design, I guess. World. Okay, there is no such thing as everyone. Correct. As I said, if you're trying to please everyone, you lose your target. Yes. But you can have a very, very, very bold audience. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be specific. Then you will go generic. For example, follow fashion brands. That Check fashion brands. Check their branding. Uh, they are addressing globally, and they are addressing in a lot of audiences. They are addressing on different budgets. Even if they are high luxury, they are addressing in different budgets, different... Uh, Personas, people from different backgrounds. What uh-huh. they do is they have a very, a very generic brand, very generic, uh, something that can be applied everywhere. And what they do is they are very specific on marketing. This is how you can achieve that: be generic on branding and be very, very specific on marketing because marketing works more based on uh, targets and ROI. Uh-huh. And because you you, you say that. Um... I think that it's more about research. And can you can you tell, uh, more, tell about? more about research? Right? Research, yes. And um, so, I, as I understand, this is important. Um, can you confirm that and um, say a bit more how you do that, um, being a brand designer? Okay, sure. Uh, so, yes, research is the biggest part of the work. It's the work before design, before everything. And you need to research a lot of things. It depends, again, on the project. Uh, you need to research the audience, you need to research the market, you need to research the competitors, obviously uh, figure out the trends and what is relevant today. And based on this research, you're going to come with some data. And based on this data, you can, you know, the creative approach, it's not as chaotic as many people think. It's not something that you just feel it. There is a methodology. And so based on this research, you're going to come up with some concepts that they are relevant and they can be applied as a solution. And once you make a decision with the rest of the, with the client and the stakeholders, etc., uh, you can define which direction you want to go. And based on that, one, you're going to start designing. Mm-hmm. So it's similar um, research um, in the brand design as in other disciplines uh, or specialization of the designs. Sorry? It's it's the same approach, right? For the for the research, it's pretty similar um, for the for the brand design as we have in the industrial design or digital design. Okay, I don't know what they do in industrial design because I've never been an industrial designer. But if you say so, I guess it's the same one. I mean approach, right? But the approach, the, the, yes. the, the, the the precise questions um, which you will ask are obviously different. Um, but as a framework, it's, it's, I would say it's similar. Yes. Uh, the thing in, and I would, in 
my perception at least, is to focus a lot on the consumers, this is on the end user. This mm-hmm. is the most important thing that you need to figure out when you are developing a new brand. Who is going to use it? Why is going to use it? Mm-hmm. So it's a user-centric um, design. Yes. Great. Um, what's, um, what are you working now on? Now we are developing a new brand from uh, Glamping Tourism Company. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's Glamping Tourism? No, no, I don't. Okay. I, I didn't know too. So <laughs> um, it's, it's a kind of an eco-friendly way of tourism. And uh, have you seen these little cute igloos that they place? No, neither. Sorry. So can you, okay. can you, can you say more a bit? So uh, right now we are working in Unwin. Uh, it's uh, a company here established in the UK. And what they are doing is they are focusing on glamping tourism. So glamping tourism is more like a luxurious way of go camping. Uh, it's an eco-friendly and alternative way of tourism. And what we did together, because one of the owners, it has, it has a background in marketing. So together we developed the brand and the strategy behind it went all the system, all the visual elements later on that we designed. And right now we are developing the social media strategy that they want to have. And that's the amazing thing because when you go live, you have data and I'm always a data driven person. Uh, this gives a lot of answers to if we, what we are doing is going to be successful or not since we have access to this data. Mm-hmm. And what challenges um, did you face um, in this project? Uh, the main challenge, it was because it's a very complicated visual system, uh, but we wanted to create something that's going to be as, as in everything. We want to create something that it's, uh, consistent, but not repetitive. Uh-huh. And we did that by developing a system that co-works together and it's, it's not static, but fluid. It is adaptive and it works great in traditional media and in digital media too. Okay. And um, did you already finish that or this is still in progress? We are still working at it. And we are on the social media strategy right now. This is what we are trying to do. Okay. Sounds interesting. It's very interesting. (laughs) I will send you the link once it's done. Okay, for sure. I I will show you later if you want to, but... Yes, I'm looking for that. It's not on the website yet. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, and staying with your with your uh, projects, um, can you tell me um, about the projects that you would like to lo- um, you would like to work on from now? You would like to stay in the same um, disciplines, or you would like to work on something different? On the other hand, because you are a very curious person who mm. who are looking for challenges. This is from what I hear. Definitely, definitely, I would like to do uh, to work on fintech. Uh, Why? It's an industry that I haven't touched and I'm extremely interested in because it combines uh, the. I, I've been in a finance institution, but I've been in the corporate world, so it's fun to work around regulations. It's challenging. This is actually when design gets very, very interesting. Otherwise, you can design whatever you want. That's not interesting and challenging to me. Uh, but, um, and also, the, it, 
fintech combines the finance the finance that I'm very interested in and the techie aspect, uh-huh. which I love. And yes, that's something that I would like to explore a lot. Uh-huh. So that's very interesting because um, I was I was working for the fintech project for yes. over three years for the for for the one of the biggest um, credit card providers, mm. if I may say like that. And from my perspective, um, I'm very I'm, I'm the developer, right? So I, I was very key, um, interested in the tech aspect. What I have learned over these three years um, is how important security is of the platform. Um, on the other hand, we were um, cooperating. We are implementing the design created by the independent agency, right? So that was also a, a challenge for them, how to design uh, UI, which can be, like we discussed before, universal for everyone. So it can be addressed and easy to use by the young people. And at the same hand, at the same time, um, easy to understand and use um, by the adults, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's that was very interesting projects, and also I have learned a lot that in the fintech business, also the accessibility accessibility is super important. So so it was very intensive three years, um, and definitely for sure, if you will have an opportunity, I do recommend to to try that. Okay, you know what's in this industry? What is very uh, interesting from the brand perspective is. Uh, I don't know. You remember back in the days when we wanted to anything money related looked very serious in order to inspire this integrity. And today we have brands like Revolut, which uh, have this approachable, friendly character. So in order to find this balance between approachable and yes, we've got your back, but also being uh, secure and in, in and integrity. It's it's very very challenging and very very interesting. That's what I love. Yes, it is. It is. It is. So it was. Yeah, definitely. It's it's very um, dynamic um, um, specialization of the of the of the fintech technology mm-hmm. in general. So I would like to send um, best wishes to the Rotterdam Rotterdam team who I worked with for over three years. Okay. Um, yes, very nice guys, very nice guys. Um, going back to you, um, do you have um, any tips for the young people who want to start their career um, in brand design? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I would say that brand design as a discipline is for someone who wants to uh, who is a strategic thinker and wants to have an input in the big picture. If you're a person, a more detail-oriented pe- person, I would say that that's not the best discipline for you, but there are other amazing disciplines you can work at. And okay. also brand design is something that requires uh, a good aesthetic or an aesthetic that it's flexible and adaptable. Uh on the other hand, what I found very, very interesting in brand design, you know, when back in the university, a lot of for a lot of disciplines, people were advising us to find our style, develop your style, find your personality. And in brand design, there is no such thing. So you will not be tied down to a specific style because the style and the aesthetic serves the concept. It's not the other way around. One day you will be very minimal, one day you will be very bold. So for a person that 
wants this versatility and diversity, brand design is amazing. If I would have to give uh, an advice to a brand, to a person who wants to uh, work as a brand designer, it would be definitely to fail as fast as possible, not be afraid of making mistakes because the faster you, the fast, the, the, the faster you are going to fail, the faster you are going to learn. That's true. It is a cliche, but also do not compare yourself to anyone. We, as designers, we always look up. We always want to uh, look what other people do. We always uh, search these the websites of the big agencies, but these are uh, identities that they require team and months of research. It doesn't come just to a person. And definitely, I will say that do what you love and follow your passion and the rest are going to follow. It's some, We do that because it's fun. It's a fun job. It is. Should they it say is. more? I don't know. No, that was, that was great. That was okay. great. That was very um, straight from the heart. And um, thank you. Thank you for that. No worries. I think that um, our listeners are going to be very appreciative for that. Um, last question for yes. you. Um, if you could step uh, into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself um, that I didn't? Hmm. Good question. Because I'm just wondering if there's um, some questions which which you would like to ask yourself or somebody, some other designer. Um, okay, I would ask how. Uh, this is a good point. Uh, it's a question that I'm doing myself. Yes. And as I said, I'm always curious and unsettled. And again, if you want to do this design, you have to doubt everything always, even yourself. Uh, this doesn't mean not being confident. This means uh, keep an open mind because things change constantly. So I would, in, as I said, in today's uh, world, we have the data, which is probably the oil of this century and how brand design is affected. Uh, personally, I love this switch because until now, brand design wasn't measurable. Mm-hmm. We were designing, I wouldn't say by assumption, but let's say by experience, because yeah. Yeah, keep honestly, going, I wouldn't say yeah, by, by assumption, but I would say by experience, because uh, brand design comes from, uh, has been from, from after graphic design, which there is a history, a history back there. So we know the th- we knew the theory and we applied that. Uh, but now that we have the data, we can actually see how relevant we are. And to me personally, I believe that that's my point of view. And this is how um, uh, this is how, how my business stands too, and how I communicate with my clients. So in today's world, your brand is always in a better version, and you should always keep an open eye because bottom line, what we are trying to achieve is achieve business goals visually. That's uh, what the brand uh, design does. But we are trying to achieve business goals. So if the data dictates us that we do something wrong or a better approach, mm-hmm. we should follow them. We, should, we shouldn't be stuck on our beliefs. Uh, so that's something that I personally love. But a lot of people don't think my way. Like in every field, they are these kind of approaches. Yeah, so that, that's 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 very very good um, brief summary because also so so it's like a in, in in software 
the product is never never done. It's never ready. Exactly. Nothing is so, done. So it's it's like a continuous um, adapting the program um, the product to the to the existing um, situation to the existing market. So I think that we are both um, at the same um, page here. And to be honest, it's not that you know the thinking behind it. Uh, when it comes to product design or brand design, uh, the, the strategic thinking, it, it's not quite different. It's the same thing applied in different mediums. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, when you design a brand, it's like a, we have a great opportunity uh, and flexibility that, that it can be adapted to the, to the, to the new situation. Uh, because comparing the um, digital um, design to the industrial design um, when you design when you design the product and when it is you know created um, so it it's quite difficult later on to adapt it right and now in True. the digital world we can do that from day to day so that's and we uh, have the technology to do that too it it wasn't so easy I guess a decade later on but now we can change things mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Thank you for this um, last answer. Um, Arila, thank you for, for sharing your knowledge um, and experience with our um, listeners. I think I learned a lot um, from you today. Okay. Thank you for that. It was a pleasure to have you here. Um, is there anything else um, you want to share uh, with the listeners? Thank you so much, Marin, for the invitation. It was a pleasure talking with you. I hope that I... I pass my experience and the way I see things to you. And it's been a pleasure. For sure. Thank you. Um, Marila, where people can find you, where people can connect um, with you online? Is it your website, website, social media? Okay. You can see my work on uh, mariliamas.co.uk or follow me on Instagram at bigmazecreative. Great. Thank you. So thanks again. Um, It was really fun, Marila. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Elite Crew, the software house that helps designers shape the world. If you need help with your project or want to consult technical matters, just drop us a message at elitecrew.io. We'll be happy to help.